So let me let me paint the picture for you. So I got for my my newest toy in my office. I'm building it out. I got a tempered glass chair mat for underneath my rolly chair. And I just love it. Well, the problem with the glass one is a little nudge and I am flying across the room. It is super You don't, you don't know how long I was looking for the <laughs> Dr. Evil gif of him rolling up to the desk and then going past it and the camera's still in the same spot and then he slowly works his way that's, back that's to the center frame. I, I was looking I'm for that gif and I couldn't find it. I'm still getting used to it because seriously, like, I just, I'm done for the day. I am, Boom, I am in the, the wall. <laughs> I am in the wall. So, Welcome, everybody. This is the Biz Dev Podcast, the podcast about developing your business. Uh, I'm David Baxter here as a host, and joining me, as always, is Gary Voigt. How you doing, man? Hey, guys. So we are uh, enjoying the fall weather here. Well, I guess you're in Florida, aren't you? So you don't get weather. Well, you get hot. Yeah, our fall. Hot and hotter. Our fall weather is when the humidity dips down a little bit and everybody treats it like it's winter. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you because I, I will say I, I grew up in Texas and there are there are two seasons in Texas, swelteringly hot and kind of cold. Um, and <laughs> that's about it. Um, you might get a couple of weeks where it's nice in between, but I moved out to and I lived in Florida for a while, which, well, barely. I lived in Tallahassee, so that's mostly Georgia. Uh, but even that was still not great. But moving up to North Carolina, I get four seasons and I don't know how anyone doesn't do that because it is glorious. Uh, springtime and fall time are just glorious. Yeah, I live in Connecticut. So I was I was uh, able to enjoy the four seasons. Didn't really like winter after the first week or so because mm-hmm, it just seemed mm-hmm. like just a mess. It just seemed like a muddy, salty gross mess i've never been up that far season. north where snow is a, a thing like yeah. for us even now we'll get snow once a year twice a year maybe and it dumps it we all enjoy it and then yeah it that's kind of cool that's kind of yeah. cool it's it's fun yeah. it's an event it's not a season i went to cleveland for a meeting years ago and we landed in i don't remember it was november december and it was weird to me because i could see there was just snow and it was just there like permanently it was just Snow was part of their life. And that was so weird to me because that's just not my experience at all. It makes you wonder why Canadians are always so happy. <laughs> it's the trees and syrup. Yeah. Um, Gotta be syrup. So I was, uh, one of the big things that happened this week was uh, the new MacBooks came out. Yep. And uh, like half of our team ran out to buy them. I know you are one of them. Yeah. You went and bought yeah. one. But it's not just because of the hype. I mean, yes, I am an Apple user and I do like their products, but I've been waiting for a laptop that can actually run the apps that I use all the time without it heating up, the fan turning on and all that stuff. When the M1 first came out, I was like, this might be the answer to everything. So then I was just patiently waiting for the MacBook Mm -hmm. Pro to have an M1 version of it. Yeah. They wanted the beefy version of the new chips and they finally got it. And yeah, I think three of our team members got it. What's interesting is we're all buying them based on a promise that they will be as good as the M1. Because the promises that they made with that thing are so outlandish. They basically say it's as good as a NVIDIA 3080 GPU, which is the top of the line. And it uses a third of the power. power. 
Yeah. If that's true, and and only the reviews will tell us this, that's one of the things I'm just kind of curious about. If that's true, that is such a remarkable jump in technology. Paradigm shift. Yeah. I mean, Windows laptops, and I'm a Windows guy, so I'm certainly not a Mac fanboy here, but that is such a jump in in everything that Windows has just been left in the dust as, as a, I mean, and I mean Windows as in all the people who uh, build the PCs. We're talking, I've got a Zephyrus G15 right now, which is a wonderful computer. But if even half of what they say is true, that you can go eight plus hours and you have a 3080 in your thing, then. Yeah. Now, uh, the weird thing amazing. is the, the hardware and software working together because they're building all their own stuff is definitely a huge you know, plus for them to be able to control sure. the performance and how it works with PCs, since everything's kind of interchangeable, things are made by different companies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I guess there's less of a a continuity thing there. Where when you they can, also cheat, the yeah. Apple, when they say, look at us, they're using their software, doing stuff that they have prepared for the, and, and they don't game, which is really one of the few reasons you need a, yeah. I mean, if you're a video guy, sure, I get it. One of our guys who works with us to do video is like, yeah, I bought the Beast, the M1 Max, M1 Max which is yeah. a super expensive computer. Um, but apparently if you're able to – well, that's that's the one that's maxed out with everything at the Well, his is pretty, pretty beefy. He got the 32 yeah. gigs, the whole thing. But what I'm saying is – that okay, that guy might need it, but most people who want a beefy computer are gamers, and you can't game on a Mac worth a darn. I mean, you can play World That's of Warcraft true. or something, but so I'm curious in in a real world environment why you would need that horsepower or what how it will be tested. How do you compare the 3080 to this in a real world scenario? I don't know. When you say real world, um, I think the market that Apple is actually going for are the graphics and video professionals. It's not, That's fair. they're not really going after the gamers. So well, they're but, but real I want, world. Oh, you're chart. talking about like the benchmark comparison. Yeah, they're of, benchmark. Of they they're, they're charting saying, look, we compete with NVIDIA. Let's yeah. do this. I mean, they're throwing the gauntlet down. They're, they're pulling out the white glove and slapping NVIDIA across the face and say, let's do this. Right. That's because and, a lot of video editors, um, they'll use the Apple editing software and then they'll use Adobe Premiere and then they'll use DaVinci and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And they find that if they build out their own PC with the higher end, you know, graphics card and all the RAM that could fit in it, that it does work better. So I think they're using that as a comparison, more of a video editor and a video professional. Um, But yeah, it would be, I'm sure all the people on YouTube, you know, that, that do the unboxing and the comparisons and whatever will have real world, performance benchmarks and comparisons in the next well that's what i think is interesting everyone's buying them before those have been done that's right now everyone's buying those on a promise well and, and to be fair they earned it right that m1 was truly i was gonna amazing. say yeah they, they, they bought it on the promise from the first m1 just in a 13 inch macbook pro and a mac mini they outperformed most of the pieces Every, in their class yeah just about anything at that especially with that power output so yeah. i'm hoping that someone will start taking those apart and putting some of those parts in a windows pc because that'd be really awesome <laughs> um all right so that's uh anything more to say on your your dream computer yeah um glad they brought ports <laughs> back always more <laughs> glad they got rid of the touch bar um and for everybody you know hating on the notch or whatever i'm sure after using it for a week or so, you're going to forget about it. Just like everybody crapped on the notch on the iPhone. And I just now don't get don't why there's a care. notch, but, but there's no face ID. 
To me, if you're going to bring in a yeah, notch, that's... you need to bring in a, some reason for the notch. Right now, it's just a webcam holder. I don't get that. It's a better webcam and it takes away a little bit. It adds a little bit more screen size. I mean, if you just move that menu bar up and that notch is in the middle, yeah, you get a few more pixels. I, I mean, it's not that big a deal. I just don't get why. I'm, I'm guessing the FaceTime gizmos are just too big to fit in that little lid. Yeah. It's the only thing that makes sense. But it's like, oh, if you yeah. had done the notch and did FaceTime, people wouldn't complain. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, cool. But they didn't. But it's still it's- a mini LED screen, which is mm-hmm. pretty nice. It's going to be pretty nice. nice for sure. Yeah, for sure. We can move on away from Apple. We can move on. You're, you're done fanboying it out. <laughs> now I'm just waiting for it to come in. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Yeah. Well, that's interesting though. Oh, so I read a thing today that if you didn't buy, and it's true for almost all of their products right now, almost all Apple products right now are like a month or so out. If you didn't buy the uh, iPhone 13, you're waiting now. Like they had them initially. They had a, a a pile of them. They sold yeah. all those and now they're waiting. And the Macs are already a month out. I mean, the, the chip shortage has finally arrived for Apple, even though they're the yeah. big kahuna. They're, they're well, it's finally not even the, hit. It's not even just the chips, but it's just the supply chains in general for even mm-hmm. places like Target are having like... Oh, yeah. With Christmas saw, coming uh, up and people ordering toys and stuff like that for their kids early, and then they might not even get them until after December. I heard an interesting stat and I we are off on a Absolute tangent. Sorry. Uh, I heard an interesting stat, though. The average length of time that a ship coming into the L.A. port just sits there and waits. Guess how long it is. Today or before the congestion? Right now. Right now. Um, so think of a big tanker ship is just waiting to unload. Maybe, I don't know, a day or so. Twelve days. Twelve days. Twelve That's two days. shipments. <laughs> They are sitting there just waiting for an average of 12 days and it's getting worse. There's a podcast I listen to that's been tracking it and it's been getting worse on average every day. So these poor captains just sit and park for 12 days, just waiting around. And then there's lines of trucks all around the port, hundreds and hundreds of tractor trailers waiting to pick these things up. It is bonkers. I mean, the supply chain thing is, is real, man. It is crazy. Now, I used to audit moving bills back in the day, and there was a charge called wait time, where if a truck with your shipment arrived at your house for delivery and you weren't there to accept it, regardless of the circumstance, you get charged for every hour. So could you imagine if these ships had like a wait time charge? I'm sure they do. And that's probably one of the reasons why all these things are getting more expensive. Um, All right. I'm going to do a hard turn. Today's topic du jour. It's it's a real it's a real light one. NDAs, <laughs> uh, NDAs, non disclosure agreements. I, that's as a, that sounds as sexy as it is. I think right there. Um, it sounds extremely legal, somewhat terrifying, but at the same time has a big effect on even what I do as a designer. I think if you, when you say NDAs, you have to do a Barry White voice. I think that will help make it more interesting to talk about. So an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, the reason I bring them up and the reason why they're important is in any startup, any business that's getting their feet off the ground, I don't care what industry you're in, you believe you have an idea that is so monumentally amazing that you don't want to tell anyone about it because you think they're going to steal it. And that is the, the crux of the NDA. So for those who don't know what I'm saying, 
This is a legal document that is usually pretty small, um, a few pages, four or five pages. Uh, you can grab them off of any template website. They're nothing fancy. But what they basically say is you're not allowed to talk about what we talk about. Yeah. You can't, you can't, whatever I share with you is, is secret and you can't tell anybody about it. And if you do, I can sue you is basically yeah, the gist of it. A legal promise to keep your mouth shut until it's ready to show the public. And some the of them are pretty egregious. Like it's like, you can't talk about it for a year after we're done talking and stuff like that. And so why do I bring this up? Why does this matter? Why, who cares about this? Uh, everybody should care about this if you have a small business. And the reason why is because the tendency is for startups to do this too early. They think, again, I have this magical snowflake of an idea that that is going to be stolen by everyone who hears it because it's so groundbreaking. Okay, maybe that's true. But the odds of someone signing an NDA before talking to you, really small especially when it comes to finance people. I've had people, okay, so at Big Pixel, we sign NDAs. Uh, we don't care that much. The only thing we have when we talk about them, and we're very upfront about this, if you come to us with an idea, I'm happy to not talk about that with anybody else. But if another dude comes to me with the same exact idea and wants us to build that, we need to be able to build both, right? Because now we're not going to talk about it to each other, right? We're going to be quiet about it. But those, we can't shoot ourselves in the foot because you have an idea that might not ever come to fruition, right? That's Now, the granted, these ideas might not be exactly the same, but they just sure. might be perceived as close enough to Correct. The people and then, with the NDAs. So. We don't want to shoot ourselves in, in, in from a business perspective. But what, what the big warning here is that I'm trying to give is if you're going for money, I promise you they're not going to sign one. And they're going to kind of be insulted because like, who are you? You're a new nobody. You're a new startup. No one knows your name. You're not BizStone or whatever. You, you are telling me then that I can't talk about this idea when someone might be coming to my door tomorrow, right? Or whatever. And I can't, I can't pension, I can't wall myself off from that potential opportunity with that person as well. And they'll just shoot you down and they won't even take an audience with you. And that's what you got to be careful of when you're doing an NDA, when you're thinking about it, we, we get approached by this all the time. And I give warnings, Hey, we'll sign it. Fine. We'll, we're, we don't mind, but a lot of people won't. And, and what's also even more than the actual document itself, the thing that I think that's important to keep in mind is it's a, it's a mental state. If I think my idea is so secret that I need to protect it at all costs, that means you're not going to talk about it very well to other people. You're out at a schmoozer, right? You're, you're, you're talking to potential partners. You're talking to potential. You don't know who they are. You're, you're just talking and everyone asks what you're working on, right? That's the common question at any of these events. And so if you can end you up hurting yourself. Yeah. If you don't, hurting the if you're not open, one, your passion is not going to come through, right? Cause you, you're going to be stammering and, and hiding behind your own idea, yeah. which is so strange. But I've seen it. I've seen it in real life. And they, well, you know, we're working on this thing. It's going to, it's going to revolutionize transportation and uh, it's going to be really or great. Disrupt. I'm really excited about it. And that's, that's the end. That's the, oh, that's all I can tell you, you know, without an NDA. And you're like, dude, no, man, I want you to, I want you to get excited, right? That's what's going to get me as a potential partner. That's what's going to get me as a potential investor uh, excited is your passion. I'm, uh, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Also, if you can't really explain your idea to someone who might be a potential investor, 
it might come off as you don't really know what you're talking about. You might not have done all the research, the footwork. You might not know where it's going. You just have an idea, but you haven't done you know, the work necessary to make that idea into a reality. But you're pretending, I just, I can't talk about it all because of NDA. It makes it sound, you know, mystical. But at the same time, it also makes it sound like you just don't know what you're talking about. Well, it could be both ways. You could be someone who actually doesn't know what they're talking about, right? You have an idea, it's super, it's super uh, squishy, but you're going to hide under that banner, right? That's one side of it that you mentioned. The other side of it is you actually do know it. You know it really, really well, but you can't talk about it. So you sound like you don't, right? Because you're hiding behind your fear. There was a great quote. Um, This is, I believe it was the first I heard it was Will Smith of all people. I don't know if he coined it. Okay, wait, let's just say this now. (laughs) Almost every episode you throw out a quote. And almost every episode you don't claim to know who the quote is from. So this is a classic Michael Scott Wayne Gretzky from The Office. So every time I, that you have, there's a quote, one. I'm going to chime in with Ma- Michael Scott, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> this <laughs> is Wayne a Gretzky, real, Michael Scott. This is a real quote by Will Smith, who is, you know, a, a modern philosopher, as we all know. I mean, parents just don't understand. But he says, <laughs> the best moments of your life, I'm paraphrasing because I'm not as eloquent as him, but the the best moments of your life are just on the other side of that fear. It was like he was the context that he said it in. He was about to jump out of a plane for the first time. He was doing some YouTube video or whatever. And and he was talking. I don't know why he got philosophical, but he's like the greatest moments of your life are on the other side of your greatest fear. Something like that. And I loved that quote, even though I'm butchering it horribly. But it's the same thing with startups, right? You're afraid of letting your idea get out into the world because someone's going to steal it. The odds of someone actually stealing it are pretty tiny. I mean, you don't want to be a moron about it and go to Netflix and tell them about your new video idea, right? Obviously, right. they can out-tech you. But when you're out in a, in, in a bunch of people, you know, peers and maybe a couple of rungs up, they're not going to steal your idea. That's not their business. Their business is to, generally speaking, most people want to help you, especially in this area. Maybe that's not true in New York. Maybe that's not true in San Francisco. But in smaller second-tier cities like Raleigh and whatnot, they all want you to succeed because it makes everyone happy and they don't want to steal your idea, generally speaking. And so get over that fear, get out there, show your stuff, be as, be as passionate, as authoritative, as knowledgeable as you can. And don't worry necessarily about, because at the end of the day, and I've said this before, but at the end of the day, the idea is, is not worth the paper you're writing on. What matters is the execution of that idea. So if two people have the same exact idea, and one executes and one doesn't, guess who wins? Not the Microsoft Zoom. Oh, again, that's two weeks. Ago. Is that two weeks? That is just wrong. They that was executed for flawlessly. Flawlessly, I tell you. No, it's- no, but you're, you're absolutely right. And I agree with you. Um, like you said, the idea isn't worth the, the paper it's written on until it's executed. So even if someone does steal, copy, or take part of your idea and try to compete with you, if their execution is poor because they don't have that knowledge, they don't have that passion. They didn't work with the people who helped them grow it. It's going to be a flash in the pan. It's not really going to damage you in the long run. In most cases. In most cases. Yeah. I mean, we have to CYA it there because it someone's going to do it. I went and did what yeah. you said and they stole my idea. It could happen. But odds are if you can execute, 
just do it. And and here's the thing. If your idea is great, most likely someone's working on it already. I mean, these startup yeah. ideas come in waves, right? It's always interesting to me how they always seem to similar ideas just boop, boop, boop. There's three of them that do the same thing. Did they all steal each other's idea? I doubt it because it took two or three years to get the thing out the door anyways. Maybe they all were at the same schmoozer and got the same idea and ran. <laughs> I suppose that's possible in San Francisco, maybe. But um, and it's just, usually not like an original, just made up out of nowhere idea. It's usually just something that already exists, altered to fit something else. So yeah, they've got a yeah. twist on it, right? Chances are yeah. more than one, more than one person or company is trying to do the same thing. Of course, yeah. Sure. Well, but I mean, I mean, and usually the way it happens is even the big boys, like let's use Slack as an example. Slack was a pretty transformative idea. I will say that I actually had the idea for Slack before Slack. I, this is a true story. <laughs> when I first started Big Pixel, so we're going nine years ago, I we didn't have much work, right? We had no clients. So I started building my own startup idea. And it was, I, I'm not kidding you, it was a chat room, like a business chat room that was focused on projects. So you would... Uh, be talking about a certain project, you'd have a channel specifically for that chat room. Okay. That was my idea. And I was getting to the point where I was developing and all that. And I pitched it. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but I got advice from a lot of people and every single one of them told me this is a dumb idea. No, no question. Dumb idea. No one would, would want to do this. They they'll use, it was like hip chat back then. They will use Yammer. And then they will have a project management tool separate. And that's, that you're a moron. Okay. Yeah, back then it was just or email. email, email, email. And so no, six months later, Slack enters the market and changed the world. And I was like, come on. No, I, I'm not saying I could have <laughs> built Slack, but, but you see what they did, right? They got out there and now they're public and they're running and they're, they have millions of users and the big boys are like, Ooh, I, I want some of that. Right. And then Microsoft comes out with teams. Yeah. It took them a long time to come out with teams, but they're absolutely copying Slack. If you have a good idea, the competition's coming. And eventually now Microsoft using their muscle, not to go too far into it, but and their market they, they use their muscle of Office and Office 365 to basically just dominate. And it got to the point where Slack had to merge with Salesforce to keep up. They needed, which is weird because they were a multi-billion dollar company. And they were about to get eaten by the biggest of whales. And so they had to join with another whale and so to keep fighting. And it's it's I find that really interesting. But I'm just saying it, the competition is coming. I don't know how I got off on this tangent. I apologize to anyone who's listening. Um, well, we were talking about how, you know, chances are more than one company is going to have the same idea. It's a branch off of the NDA thing. Yeah. We I mean, it all comes about. down to just be fearless. I think that's the key. If you really want your your startup to work, your idea to work. And this is true for a brand new company or a new idea in an existing company. I think both of those are strong uh, candidates for this piece of advice here. You've got to let it loose in your mind because people are going to get excited by your passion. Every single, more so than the idea. It's, gosh, man, I think he can really make this happen or she can make this happen because She's so passionate about this. She obviously loves this. She's going to take this to the next level, whatever it is. And that is what's going to make you successful, not the actual idea, because the idea will change. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I think I, I just I I think that's a, a subject that's not often talked about. 
um, and worth, you know, getting that thing out there. If I could say anything, it would be let your passion free because that's, what's going to, that's, what's going to make it. And that's, that's probably going to be a recurring theme as these episodes go on. If I were to sum it all up, I would say that a startup, a business idea, a new venture of any sort is going to succeed based off of your passion first, your knowledge second, and your execution third. Now, those are very tightly woven. Don't get me wrong. And you're not going to succeed unless you do all three of them. But I think, in my experience, people get most excited in that order. Man, that person's so passionate. Oh, man, she knows everything on this subject. Oh, yeah, they're a really good executor. Those three things, you think of it like a cheap 90s outdoor furniture made of, what is that kind of stuff? The woven cheesy furniture that I'm thinking of? Wicker. Wicker. <laughs> it's the wicker of oh, startup yeah. ideas. Wicker furniture. <laughs> That's probably a worse wicker analogy, is the but it worse. works. <laughs> It is, and and probably it shouldn't be, but hanging my hat on that. But it makes it, it visually, it makes sense. You want all three of those to be yep. woven together like a bad polyester suit. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Take it for what you will. So, okay. So I want to end on a, on a fun note. Speaking uh, of as passion. Usual. Speaking of passion. A fun note. Have you seen the Razor's RGB face mask? That came out this Looking week? at it right now, and oh my gosh, it looks so, like so there's a needs- post-apocalyptic graffiti artist's dream. I think, yeah, it almost looks like something you would have seen in the in in RoboCop back in the day. Uh, we'll have the link uh, in the in the show notes, but think okay. So back up because no, most people don't know who Razor is. It's R A Z E R, by the way. If you want to look these guys up, but Razor a is a company. gaming company. Well, they're yeah. a game tech company. So they make really high-end PCs. I've had some in the past for gaming. Um, they mice, make keyboards, keyboards and mice, all that stuff. And their shtick they is do, they put RGB lights on everything. Yeah. They everything. even do like headphones and chairs and pretty much any they kind just of started desk doing accessory. Chairs. Yes. They have a mouse pad that's RGB lit. <laughs> and now they have, and they announced this like a year ago, but now they've come out with, it's a face mask, like a Corona face mask. And, and it's genius in some of the ways, but it's so over the top. So it's got these two looks, it looks like a gas mask. Yeah. It looks like a painter's mask from the future. Yeah. And it's, so it's RGB around the the circles of the mask. And then the front of the mask is clear, Uh, but you can light your own face up with the RGB lights, which, so now you can look like you're this sickly And there's little, yeah, there's little like accents around the trim work of it that I'm sure will mm-hmm. light up and animate or the lights will move around. The funny it's thing so to crazy. me, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it looks cool. Okay. And it looks like you should be in one of the games you're playing on a razor machine. <laughs> yeah, that's this. true. But the, the, we're reading, I'm reading this article on Engadget. And Mm -hmm. the beginning of the last paragraph says, in a sense, Razor's mask is a gamble that paid off. Go above it. It starts at $100 to $150. Yeah, it's expensive, (laughs) right? It's an N95 mask, but it's not a medical device. They're very clear on that. It's not a medical device. It's not going to prevent COVID or anything like that. They don't want to get in trouble. But I just find it very interesting. I guess it just took this long to design this. Well, they have a dual fan system. Inside. Yeah, I imagine it seems like this thing would be so heavy on you, your face. You can but, adjust the color of the lights on your face through your mobile app. <laughs> of course you can. 
But it's a little late in the Corona thing. Even if this was the greatest idea ever, Corona, it's not gone, but it's it's on the downward trend right now, right? Delta has come. It's going down as, as this is being recorded, at least. Maybe that's yeah. the next surge around the corner and they're going to make bazillions of dollars. But there, it just seems like a strange time to release something like this. But they're also, a, they're saying, you know, they're, they're branding it as a wearable too. So they're trying to wearable. play it up as like it's a, like, it, like an like Apple a, watch. Yeah, I guess you can call it that. <laughs> I just, well, and the other thing I, that practically speaking, I know originally everyone had those masks that had the little vents on them. Yeah. And they thought those were great. And then everybody was like, those are horrible. Don't get those. And that's what this looks like. Even though it's better than that, I'm wondering if the average person's going to be like, that's a trash mask. It's got a vent on it. Uh, but anyway, I just find this to be so fascinating that a gaming company is making $150. Who, what's the market for this? That's what I don't really understand. I mean, can you imagine some surgeon walking in? <laughs> I was this? just going to say, can you imagine going to like a, let's, and I really hope this does not happen. And I'm not, but in a weird realm of possibilities, if there were these like mobile COVID units that would come around, test people, mm-hmm. hand out vaccines, if like another variant came by that we need, you know, even more boosters or whatever. And let's say all these mobile units are outfitted with these uniforms and these masks to match. Like that is some futuristic <laughs> like a, outbreak kind of stuff right there. Yeah. That's like minority report. You got the government black van, the door kicks open and five dudes in all black and these glowy masks come out. Excuse me, sir. Do you have COVID? <laughs> it's like or like a recall. Yeah. I'm thinking the old game, uh, half-life. If you've ever played that half-life Two, one of the best games ever, the, the very reminiscent of that. Um, Anyway, take a look. Those, if you have a, a strange need to put a glowy thing on your face to uh, protect yourself from COVID, I guess it's not any weirder than some of the masks I've seen around nowadays. But uh, but there you go. Yeah, and we didn't uh, get any questions this week, unfortunately. We did not get any questions. Come on, people. Let's go. All 12 of you, um, send me a question because I want to answer it. Um, but Tech-related? Uh, Food-related? Not tech-related. Office right. furniture-related? <laughs> That's right. I'm taking orders for, uh, no, I'm not even, I'm telling you, I'm going to tease you because next week we're going to talk about my newest obsession, which is my Nespresso machine. I'm not going to talk deeply about it right now, but I'm, I'm going to tease it because that's coming because I am, I'm in love with that thing. But anyway, um, so if you have Nespresso questions, <laughs> yeah, feel free, email hello at thebigpixel.net and we will uh, read them all and hopefully be able to, to put some on our next or future episodes. Uh, but on that note, we're going to head out and I thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you are enjoying it, please spread the word and uh, subscribe. Uh, we do have uh, we have a listener, a regular listener in Germany, which I find really amazing. I don't know this person, uh, but they they listen every single week. So thank you, Mr. German or Mrs. German person uh, for tuning in. Um, That's awesome. And uh, yeah, we're international, man. We run an international podcast. <laughs> All twelve people, um, but one well, is. We got to learn how to say hello in German, then. Hey, my son's taking German. I should ask him to come in here and, and, and do some okay. stuff next week. Uh, we'll shout anyway, him out next week. Yeah, do a German shout out. All right, we're out. Thank you so much. See you guys next week. 